Straight Out of Gibraltar, sponsored by Coca Cola. Welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar, bringing you interviews and all the best music from the Gibraltar music scene. If you like what we do, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash straight out of Gibraltar. Hi guys, welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar. It's the brand new season, and of course in a brand new season we'll feature brand new guests, great new music from the local music scene, and of course some memories and gems from the yesteryear as well. Before we get carried away, we want to thank our sponsor, uh, Coca-Cola. And of course, Coca-Cola is a, a great sponsor to have. And we can thank the fine people at Sakonin Speed, especially Guy Povedano and Saraja Ward, who have believed in us from day one, and they continue to do so with a kind sponsorship. So thank you, guys. So that, now that we've got the sponsor thing out of the way, a little bit of product placement there, we want to introduce our guest. So we welcome today Paul Alexander. And uh, people will be wondering, who? But when I mentioned his alias, people definitely know who he is. So Paul Alexander, of course, is Zuni from the band 50 Malone. So welcome, Zuni. How are you? Yep. Yeah, fine, yeah. Music-wise. Music-wise. and blowing wise not so much. <laughs> Obviously, now you're retired, so you've that's actually it. got more that's time it. to record and to actually perform as well. It's all about yeah, music now. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what you want. And we actually sat down in Commonwealth Park, and it's a lovely day, so we're actually going to enjoy talking about music in general, and obviously a lot of connections that we have, believe it or not, and obviously talk about the music that Thrifty Malone are doing, pretty much, on a, I want to say, on a worldwide scale, but we'll get to that later. So, Paul, we're going to introduce and talk about something very simple, and obviously I ask all our guests, about tell us about your earliest musical memories growing up. Um, well, my early musical memories, way, way back in the 60s, you know, Rolling Stones, The Beatles, The Kinks, all that, so when music changed, you know, in, uh, right up through to the 70s. And obviously I got involved in music when I was about 15, you know, playing things like All Right Now and things yep. like that with bands in the UK, or trying to play with bands <laughs> in the UK. 
but it's obviously it's like you mentioned that revolution is that's the right term to use obviously Beatlemania like the the fans in the states would say but obviously it's not just about the Beatles we talked about the Kings before he started recording and it's they're forgotten band as well in terms of pioneers as to what that evolu- revolution did become yes uh, definitely I mean uh, there are other bands you know uh, Steel Eye Span and uh, Pentangle and all on the folk yep. side as well who were around in those in that era you know. And music was changing dramatically, like from Jim Reeves in the 50s <laughs> to to where it went to right after and through really to the late 80s, I suppose. And it, it, that revolution, it wasn't just about what the music was. It was just the fact of what the... I want to say the lyrics more than anything else as well. They're very out there, and obviously I want to hold your hand. It sounds very simple and very, I want to say, very commercial, but at the same time it was very... Oh my God, he's talking about touching a woman's hand or a man's, or a man's hand or whatever or talking about uh, coming home and obviously what things they want to do when they get home etc 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 but controversy creates cash i suppose in a good way yeah i mean i mean but a lot of the bands especially like the beatles um all their lyrics for young guys remember they're very young when they were writing the lyrics actually were like written by older people you know you couldn't i mean the, the rolling stones i mean obviously they copied a lot of the american blues guys that's where they started you know doing covers and um, that's what started to make them famous before they started writing their own stuff, you know. And their lyrics obviously were more controversial, like Satisfaction yeah. and many of the songs that they wrote, you know. I mean, I think it's like it's the most cases with most bands, but it's when you talk about the Beatles and you talk about the Rolling Stones, it's sometimes their hidden catalogue that's pretty much the best stuff. And it happens with a lot of artists and a lot of bands, but the Beatles especially and the Rolling Stones, Undercover of the Night, is a song that not many people talk about, and it's one of their best songs, for example. Mm-hmm. But the Beatles' Ballad of John Yoko, not because they mentioned Gibraltar, but it's also a hidden track and one of those songs that pretty much didn't make it as commercial as to worldwide phenomenon as it should have. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, a couple of years ago I went to see the Stones in the UK, and one of the best tracks they've done was Midnight Rambler. Yeah. was absolutely stunning. You know, most people say Midnight Rambler, you know, unless you, you follow them, you know. Yeah. And it was absolutely amazing the way they done it, you know. So. I mean, that's the thing. I think as the years progress, at least I've noticed it when I went to see Aerosmith, that all these the legendary bands are tending, tending to play more of their hidden catalogue, in every sense of the word, the forgotten hits, I dare say. And when they actually do play them, you, either they get a response or they don't. But those hardcore fans will be like, oh, my God, they played the song live. And that's one thing Aerosmith did in every tour that every concert that were doing in that particular tour, they were playing at least one song that they never played live. So no, that's what that makes it great. You know, it's Definitely. a great thing all around. Yeah. And one of the things that obviously like the connection that like we talked about before, and obviously before before you got into music in the first place, there is a connection with Clive Yates, which we we yes, can get to yeah. in a huge depth. I think we could cover an entire show just talking about Clive. Obviously, yeah. has to how great he was and how legendary he was. But he's, I, like we talked about before we came on and we started recording, he's pretty much a forgotten local music icon, I dare say, because he did so much for local music. And obviously, not just <coughs> when he was doing stuff with Strange Brew, but doing stuff out abroad as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, my connection with Clive started off in the town that I came from, yep. which is Great Torrington in North Devon. There was uh, a guy who bought the local train station and mm. turned it into a restaurant called David Moir. And he said he used to play with the band in the in the sixties called Information. And because he used to put bands on there as well, he got I got I got to know him very well. And Dave used to sing with my band, the Full Tilt in the yeah. UK, a lot of time. We actually played on his birthday. But when I was talking to him one day, he said, 
the guy who used to play for me bass guitar in information was Gibraltarian and he was called Clive. At that time, I didn't know his second name. Well, obviously 25 years ago, I moved to Gibraltar and about the same time, Clive came back to Gibraltar. Yeah. And Dave Meyer, he contacted Dave and he, had, he used to live at Water Gardens and uh, we all went round and had a bit of a party. And that's where the first time I met Clive who at that time, going back to that, he played for information, but then went on to do the, the more Scarecrow progressive rock yep. with Scarecrow, yeah. And then from then on, Clive became a very good friend of mine, yeah. Isn't it amazing how much you, of a connection you had to Gibraltar even before we moved here? Oh, that's it. Well, the the guy, just a little snippet, the guy used to run the sewerage works in, in Torrington, North Devon, was Gibraltarian. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> when you think about that as well. I Obviously, mean, he left Gibraltar <laughs> and found a job in Devon. But he still made it, you know, it's like you mentioned, I think when we talk about what he did, obviously when the information letter was Scarecrow, but it, we could tend to forget, or at least people not, are not very aware as to the things he did with information. I mean, yeah. if you look on, obviously, if you search the, the web, obviously you'll find exactly what he did. Jimi Hendrix, um, uh, obviously Camden, yeah. he yeah. did the, pretty much the circus, that, well, at least the circuit that was around at the time. Yeah, I think, I mean, talking to Clive um, and going back to what he used to do, they were a band that were just on the brink of really making it. Yeah. And I think maybe like the world changed again, the music changed. Yeah. And that's maybe what held them back. But I mean, he definitely played, uh, like you say, a lot of famous people, The mar and they played in the marquee, you know, and to get there alone was just yeah. phenomenal, you know? And the bonus, I dare say, I, know, I think we can both say this, that Clive was not one to boast about it either. You know, he just wanted to talk about it, but not really to his own horn. He was always very humble about it as to what he had done, or things, he even, like you mentioned, things that he was about to do. And obviously, like, when you think, think about things about, it's about, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But even when he was close to something, he was still very proud of what he had accomplished, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, uh, I think when he, when he came back to Gibraltar, he hadn't picked up the bass for many, many years. Yeah. And obviously got involved with me and Stanley Muscat. And uh, obviously he went on to play with Strange Brew, with uh, Laurie and yeah. Stan and Teapot. And, uh, and he, you know, he, I think he really got back into his music again when he came back mm -hmm. to Gibraltar. He really enjoyed it. I remember watching them once, and I think they were playing. I, th I think it was Hey Joe, and I think just watching them play, I was like, you know, literally, you know. And I was like, you know, if that, you play that next to the probably the original, this sounds better. Obviously, because the experience comes into play. I'm not saying that the original doesn't have that experience, but that experience that between Stanley Muscat also and a very yeah. undervalued musician, I just say, Linda Rory and then Teapot, like you mentioned. That entire band was just a band of underrated musicians, yeah. in, I just say, and obviously they did have an audience in every sense of the word. Yes, I mean, they, they were they were writing their own material, you know, playing, I mean, obviously Laurie coming back, coming from a blues background, yep. you know, Stan from a classic rock, progressive rock background, everybody had a mix, and then Clive, obviously from way back in the 70s, his input as well. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing, I mean, he was he was always very eager to pass on his knowledge to the next generation and it wasn't even just about music i remember when we launched re, uh, us in 2015 just before he passed away we just started talking you know clive we want to do this we even set up an interview unfortunately that never got to happen but it was stuff like that that he's like you know I, i'm eager to just pass on my knowledge as to how i can help the next generation and i think that's kudos as to the musician he was and the person he was and 
there is no better tribute than to what he's accomplished. And obviously then they were chosen to perform at the Gibraltar Music Festival and unfortunately he never got to do it, but I'm pretty sure. And I even told uh, Stanley about this. If the bass goes and it's actually, it becomes like a false, Clive is definitely there. But we've, I felt his presence there and he was, his, it's not just about his presence. It, it was just, the, or he was an overall great guy. And yeah. that's no, I don't think he should be forgotten. And No, I think, I think one of the saddest things was, uh, like you say, I was involved with him when he was passing away and obviously he didn't get to do his, his the GMF yep. was in Victoria Park you know and I mean, uh, that would have been I think the last thing he would have done he would have died oh, happy oh, right no, then he was so so pleased that he was going to get there and obviously you know life took a different angle you know yep. on it. but like everything else I mean he was there he was the brightest star there for sure and his presence was felt and I dare say it, it continues to be felt I mean now you think I speak about the jam. Obviously, it's something I don't off, at, often attend, which I should. But I mean, even when I do go, it, it is something that you you probably miss, like to not see Clive there. It, to just enjoy the music in general. I mean, it's amazing how much he just enjoyed watching people perform or just contribute and, and obviously be critical in a good way, but uh, and, and in a bad way as well. But it was like, you know, I enjoy this. I want to listen to more, and that's the, the way he was. He was just a music lover all around. Yeah, no, greatly. I mean. He involved immensely with the jam sessions with yep. me and Stan because me and Stanley and us have been doing them for so long now I can't remember <laughs> best not to mention the number <laughs> it'll make us feel a little thing but anyway there is no better tribute to play tribute to Clive we're going to play information which fortunately we were able to find online obviously with the magic of the, the internet and this is actually one of the tracks which is called Orphan it's actually a part of the LP that they made if I'm not mistaken but we're going to play tribute to Clive with that and we'll be back after this Sunny day 
That was Information and with Orphan featuring our very own dear friend Clive Yates, which is probably looking down on us and hating us for playing that track and probably talking about him at the same time. But I'm pretty sure he's here and smiling in a very good way. So thank you, Clive, for the music and for your friendship. So we move on. And obviously, there's a lot of things that you've done even prior to you came to Gibraltar. So tell us about that overall experience as you're performing in the UK before you moved over. Well, I mean, I mean, I obviously played like a lot of people in Gibraltar and rock and rock. You start off, you're very young, yep. and you get bands together. But uh, my main band in the UK before I came to Gibraltar was called the Full Tilt. Uh, we played everything from rhythm and blues, you know, again rock and roll, some of the similar things we got in Thrifty now, but yep. uh, more on the rhythm and blues side. And we we did do very well. We again, like Thrifty, we were playing all over the UK from say Bristol in the, in the southwest right down to Cornwall so we were traveling like hundreds of miles uh, obviously semi-professionally at the time and uh, the band again was doing very 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 well we can we were always booked up 12 months in advance we were quite crazy back then you know <laughs> as you do and uh, got a lot of experiences with the band but um, and, and like I say just before I also played with a uh, few other bands in the UK, playing on Monica, yep. some uh, other other people, a band called John Morgan in the UK, and um, and uh, Running on Empty was another guy. So I played with some other blues guys, and when I actually go over the UK, normally I try to s sit in with a lot of other people as well. You know, I mean, we take it for granted, I think, because it's so easy now to find, obviously, that like the instrumentals to certain tracks that you have to rehearse or even like perform in general but what was it like back then at least for you guys to just sit down and say okay we you listen to what's on the charts or even what's on on, on your record collection say we want to cover this we want to cover that um i th i think um everyone in the full tilt especially i mean everybody was greatly different in the band yeah and everybody had their own take on different music so i think that's what personally makes a good band if you're all the same, you're all yeah. for the same things. But um, like I say, me, Doctor Feelgood, 
and stuff like this, you know, which are right, right up much to the Rolling Stones, obviously. Um, then from the other parts of the band, uh, they got different ideas, you know, so it's an eclectic mix of, of people making yeah. an eclectic mix of songs, you know. But it, at the end of the day, like, the end result is worth it, you know, no matter what, just like you mentioned, you're obviously on a semi-professional level. Being booked in advance just proves to, the, to, to you, like, yeah. people were enjoying the music. Yes, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we used to play from very small pub gigs to quite large festival type things, not so yeah. large as GMF, but, yeah. uh, you know, some quite quite good ones. Yeah, and obviously when you, obviously music changes as well when as the years go on, but uh, what is it, it maybe sounds wrong to you and ask, but what is it about that music do you feel that maybe even if you play 60s, 70s, 50s stuff, to an audience outside of Gibraltar, even in the Gibraltar, that captiva uh, captivates people to actually go and enjoy I your music? I think um, music transcends the, the decades. Yeah. Certain types of music does. I said, I think certain types of music, I mean, if we play, and we played in Marbella a while back, and the audience ranges from 10 to 10 to 90, you know? Yeah. And normally everyone is tapping their feet and, and getting involved which proves that it's not an age thing. You know, the music transcends all Absolutely. of that. I think it's a type of music, um, you know, it's a beat, whether it is, you know, whatever it is in the music, it's a chemistry. Yeah. And again, in the band sense, it's a chemistry of a band. You know, the, the band's got to be, uh, my personal opinion is we are there to entertain people, you yeah. know? And, and it's very fun as well. I think you mentioned that like, we, we, when people tap on your foot, sometimes, you play a cover, people don't maybe be aware to cover or, or, co or even an original, but when you listen to a song, it, it takes you back to the maybe the first moment you heard the song, or you just recognize the opening chorus or the opening riff or whatever. It, it takes you back, you know. It's like when you, if you listen to the intro to Born to Be Wild by Steppenwolf, you'll probably be like, oh, that's Born to Be Wild. Or if you're listening to the beginning of Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple, oh, that's Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple. It transcends, you know, it, it continues to do that. Also, also, I mean, you've got the emotion. Yeah, people people relate to the emotion of a song, to when they heard that song, to whatever they were doing in life, you know. Yeah. And it's great as well that that still continues to happen. I just I just say, well, it's a conversation for another day. But that's what I think music is lacking today. Obviously nowadays, if you want to listen to the full album, or even if you don't want to listen to the full album, just listen to the, what your favorite song from the album. That's it. But back then it was more having to buy the full album to get to that particular song. Oh right? yes, yeah, definitely. And it's missing that feel, I just say, and I, I'm guilty of that myself. But I'm really, if I listen to an album, obviously like it could be from anyone, but you'll always go to your favorite song first and then listen to the entire album. It, you don't just listen to for it from start to finish to get to that particular song, unfortunately. I think on the other hand, there's songs that you thought when you're younger, they were great. You go back to revisit them yeah. I think that I listen to that. You know, like, you know. It does happen. I, yeah. I agree. I'm guilty of that too. But there is a lot of things that, and, and a, lo a lot of music like that, but there's also positives and obviously music that will, will always stand the test of time. And obviously, with the music that will always stand the test of time, it's the ones that you'll always sing along to, to the ones that you'll always remember every chord to. And it's like everything else. It's like when you re remember recipe or remember lyrics, and you know, it's. I still find it, and I, it sounds very wrong for me to say this, but I still find it very surreal when I listen to Mel and Diesel, for example, and I'm singing along to Mel and Diesel, and I'm like, you know, I'm singing along to my friend's music, or to Jets Rubber and Thrifty Malone, or anybody else, yeah. you know? So it's it's always very a very surreal thing when you listen to other people's music, especially when it's people you know, and it's no better feeling than that, as I say. And then there's the other, the other end of that, where you 
remember lyrics that you thought you never should have remembered. You know? <laughs> or you don't even remember the lyrics. That's right? it, you're like, that's th it. Those were the lyrics you yeah, say. That's it. But it does happen, unfortunately. But unfortunately, at the same time, it's, it's a blessing in disguise. Let's just leave it at that. And obviously, you mentioned obviously the bands in the UK that you're part of, but obviously the Rising, which is what we were going to play next, is pretty much one of the things that you did really well, and obviously it's actually out there as well to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I play. I, I mean, I'm known Stanley Muscat now for twenty something years, you know, and um, we, at one stage, we started recording, which is several years ago now. Um, my my idea of all the recordings was sort of a rock opera. They yeah. were everything was based on a on a line where a guy had uh, lost his way in life and um, got into bad troubles, come out of those troubles, yeah. and gone into good times, you know. And uh, this song, uh, "Kind Hearted Woman," is the uh, one we recorded um, way back, and it's about where the guy just he was okay, and then all of a sudden this is his beginning of his breakdown, basically at the end of the song yeah. not uh, not and then uh, after that we had a we got the song called death comes riding which is on youtube yeah um which is very progressive rock very very um, orchestral in some ways yeah. yeah what is it about those songs in particular that obviously that at least for you that will always stand the test of time perhaps was it because it was different as to what the local music scene had at the time um I think, uh, I mean, on Kind Hearted Woman is a sort of a bluesy, a mellow bluesy song, really. Yeah, um, yeah well, I mean, going back, way back to Bourbon Street, you know, when a guy called Jerry at Bourbon Street, yeah. and there's a guy called Chaz or Chad, uh, and uh, they used to do the jam sessions when I first came here. That's how I got involved, like with Tito and everybody else. Yeah. And um, the, uh, there was, I mean, there was Dave Clark. We used to do the jams there. Dave was doing certain, you yeah. know, a lot of uh, different songs. And I suppose at the time, back then, you had uh, Dylan, who was, uh, I think it was Trias. Yeah, that was correct. And they used to play at the Collingwood yep. know, over Marina Bay. Showing your age there, didn't you? Oh. <laughs> showing, showing mine too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there were lots of, even back then, there were lots of, one surprising thing was that when I came to Jib, I didn't realise at the time there were so many great musicians yep. in Gibraltar, you know, phenomenal, even now, I mean, the young lads coming through, Absolutely. you know, it, for a small place, you know, it's, it's fantastic. In Adrian Pisarello, I always mention this on the show, but Adrian Pisarello always says that if every local musician were to hold hands, you'd probably fill half of Gibraltar. And yeah. it's absolutely true, there yeah. is so many talented musicians. Yeah, I've done some recording with, uh, uh, way back, and Adrian, uh, it was in the old GBC, I think, and they had a wooden floor. Yeah. And, and I was tapping <laughs> my foot. I always remember this. And doing some harmonica for him. And uh, I had to stop tapping my foot, which was very difficult to play. You know, <laughs> you, How do you, you not? <laughs> you can't tap your foot. So we, yeah. But what, what, like you mentioned, obviously, the caliber back, it was talking about 24, 25 years ago when you moved here. But yeah. when we talk about the caliber of musicians today, at least locals, it's the fact that they are willing to get out there to record and not even record to actually get out there and perform. Yeah. And I think it, the, all these young ones that are coming through, Leila Bojeda, Jesse Sampere, so many of them, I, I, I could be here forever mentioning all of them. But when you look at that youth movement, and obviously which we, we're going to play next as well, obviously your, your son Mark is part of that youth movement as well. Yes, right? yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I think that youth movement is what elevated 
the local music scene to I mean, what it has become I mean, today. Just just a little thing on Mark, uh, Dave Clark, um, David's great friend of mine. He first started teaching Mark uh, keyboards, and I think it was a Gibraltarian gentleman before that. Like my wife would remember, but I can't. You know, okay. teaching him piano, and uh, and then obviously then he went with Stan Stanley Muscat, and Stan taught him guitar. Yeah. And that was fantastic. You know, he's gone on. He's now now play plays in London as well, so it's great. And what better way to learn than from one of the best and well, one of the most exactly, underrated yeah, as well? Yeah. And there is no. And I always say that if you're gonna like, if you're gonna do something in the in the local music scene, I I, do, I see it from a lot of the young ones that they do seek advice from the pretty much the veterans, and, and yeah. it's great to see you know because they're willing to take that advice and not just take mm. the advice. But to be eager to say, okay, look, agents can tell me to do this, or as soon as told me to do this, and it's it's great, you know, because they're not really going to be sad as to if the, if the critic critique is actually bad or good, you know, they're going to be positive no matter what. I mean, there was another recording I done was uh, some guy actually was Stephen McLaren and uh, Dennis Valerga many many yeah. years ago. I think it was about 22 years ago on cassette. <laughs> and uh, what's a cassette? <laughs> what's a cassette? And I've actually, uh, luckily, Mark transposed it on the CD, and uh, yeah, that's quite, uh, quite heavy, uh, sort of rock stuff, blue stuff. Quite yeah. an underrated gem. We'll have to scour that. From to, your I'll have to give you some of those uh, yep. recordings. Well, we look forward to it, and we're going to play the Rising now. And obviously, I think the Rising is pretty much something that we're going to play. We're going to play Rugen Tango straight after. And we're going to talk about them after that. So enjoy the rising, the rising, and Aruga Tango, and we'll be back in part three after this. My baby, my baby, she don't love me 
Well, my baby leaves me all night long Yes, she does now Yes, she does I said, put out of my baby But my baby, she leaves me all night long All the time now, all the time I said, I know she's fooling around But I'll quit her far too long Yes, I will now, yes, I will
They were playing different music. Their songs, the, the, the songwriting between Drew and Mark, yep. I think was great. I mean, Mark is still playing with Drew in London a bit now, acoustic-wise, and uh, and Drew's gone on to some psychedelic rock stuff, yep. acid rock or whatever they call it. And uh, yeah, I, 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 though not trying to be prejudiced or anything, they were very, very good at the time. Very good, yeah. like a lot of local young musicians. You know, they found a niche mark that the sort of songs they wanted okay. to do. Uh, again, all very talented uh, musicians, you know. And um, I think obviously that Mark moved away. Obviously, I uh, went off to university, and like a lot of local people, he um, found a niche in the UK which he wouldn't be able to get here. Yeah. You know, um, he's he's carried on in sound engineering, so. He's still know, in music, no matter still what. Still in music, no matter what. Yeah. And that's the bonus, as I say, even when. 
it's not just living off music as a musician, but when you still work in the field, like we talked about before about Glastonbury and everything else, but the fact that he's still around it to see pretty much what's relevant, what isn't relevant, and it's a good way because at the end of it, you make connections. It could it could lead to something. Obviously, for his career as a sound engineer, it could lead yeah. to something as a musician. So, no matter what, he's still in it, which is great. Yeah. So when you look about obviously without using a rune tango and obviously lo using local bands in general, local artists even, what is it the thing that amazes you the most? About local yep. music scene. Again, going back to what, I mean, when you're in Gibraltar, it is very, very small. People don't, the world out there is massive, yep. you know? And um, I think it's the amount of talent. You know, I mean, if you take the Rock on the Rock, Alan, the job he's done at the, yep. Alan O'Man, the job he's done at the Rock on the Rock, you know, the, the um, practice rooms and everything up there, you know, for local musicians, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult to get somewhere Absolutely. to practice, you know? And uh, I think that's, that has been one of the pinnacles of bringing on young bands in Gibraltar, definitely, yep. over the years, you know? And I, th and I think, like, like I say, uh, there is a great thing happening now, all the bands are going off to Camden to play, Crimson yep. Clover and everyone. I think getting out there, getting exposure, uh, which is very obviously in Gibraltar, it's hard to get exposure yep. because apart from GMF, uh, a lot of people go to see. Um, like in a moment going on to Thrifty, I mean, we've, we've played in Spain, the UK, France, we played in, and we try to, at some stage in the year, get out. And uh, yep. obviously there's a lot of cost involved in that. There you is, know, yep. so that's why it, it curtails a lot of people to do that, you know. I always say to all, all musicians, no matter young or old, that you don't you don't really know who's listening at the end of the day. I mean it could be in a in a, it could be played like the album could be played in a bar, or whatever, it could be playing live and you never know who's gonna be there. And I, when you look at we talked about them earlier, but Treehouse is the prime example of that. You know, they left the EP in Madrid and all of a sudden this PR guy listened to to their music and they gave them he gave them a call you know and that was the end of his, his history I suppose and when you look at what you mentioned like obviously they go off to Hamden obviously we're very part of that particular event because we co-organized it and we co-hosted it as well but it's to get it out there you know it's at the end of the day it is a very hard market to try and make it on your own but if you make it you know, or at least play one local gig or maybe one local gig abroad, you, know, it's, you never know who's listening, and that's the ultimate test as to what's going on. And with Thrifty Malone, I don't think we could go on and talking about it, because I think we could stay here forever. But it's one of those things that when, when we talk about the track, oh, six, six Hours Down the Road, it's been played everywhere, you name it, everywhere. France, yeah, USA, I mean, a lot of streams on Spotify, YouTube, you name it. What does that feel like to the band in general, and even to you as well, I personally? Th I think, I mean, uh, I mean, ob obviously Rob wrote the, or mandolin player wrote the, yep. wrote the song. Hi, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rob. And uh, I think that if we go back a bit further, you know, go back to the beginnings of Thrifty, um, which now nearly 11 years ago, um, obviously Trev the bass man, I've played with him ever since he walked into Gibraltar with his bass on his back at the jam session one night. And a great bass man. And um, so in the beginning we had Neil, uh, Trev, myself, Mark. Mark was playing with us at the time because he was in Gibraltar. Uh, Ian, Ian Curry was on drums. And uh, we started basically more Irishy tunes, but obviously with Mark's influence playing good lead guitar, we could put in a lot of other things as well, yeah. the things that me and Mark can do. And then the, 
the band transgressed. Mark went off to UK, and um, Alan Jenkins came in. Rodney, as we call him, again, hello Rodney, and uh, Rodney came in, took Mark's position, and then later on, I, I don't know how many years it is now, because time flies when yeah, you're really old, does, you yeah. know. <laughs> and uh, Rob came in the band with the mandolin, which has added a a really great angle to the band, yeah, a great it. instrument. It, it adds that touch, the finishing touch. So then when, um, and obviously Martin who came, Martin Winderstein is a great drummer, you know, fantastic yep. drummer. Um, so the band has is, is come together after 11 years yep. and uh, enabling us to make a record which is good enough to go Absolutely. out around the world. Yeah, and, and like you say, it's been played on I forget how many radio stations. Yes. Rob keeps a good track on it. He's us. He's us. Uh, he's our tracker. <laughs> and um, but it's been played. It's uh, it's now got over twenty thousand views on YouTube, which for a local band is huge. And actually on Spotify, I don't know at the moment. Rob keeps all that yeah. information. But he'll probably correct us and tell us once we this he'll gets correct out. <laughs> it. He'll correct it. He'll tell us it's more hopefully. And yeah, we want to. Uh, obviously, it's a country type record which fits in with the tour of music we do rock and roll blues everything and it's found a niche market and uh, you know a lot of a lot of these radio radio channels are country channels yeah and obviously it's been good enough that they're playing it and and some of them are replaying it which that's what matters yeah, even exactly you know it shows you maybe there's even requests for people to that's it from people to play the song again yeah so what's it like even without using the track and obviously to get the call to the fact that you're going to perform at the Gibraltar Calling as well? I think uh, that was uh, actually amazing. Yeah, I, I think for the band, um, having put all this hard work in for 11 years, you know, and, so, yep. and sometimes people don't realize how much work goes into it. You know, the the, the amount of road miles you do to, to get around. And obviously because of the voting this year, you yep. know, we had, well obviously we had to rely a lot on email votes you know, because locally people know us, but yep. you'd, you'd still need a. So it proves that the band has got global appeal, shall yeah, I say? Absolutely. You know? You know? But it's very fun. I mean, when obviously the initial lineup was was announced, it was like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you see the people involved, I think this year they was chosen in a very good way. Obviously, the poll has a lot to do with it. But when you look yeah. at the poll, with or without it, you know, you knew more or less who could be there, and obviously yeah. because of momentum. Yeah. And if people go by momentum, there is no better feeling than that. No, I think, I mean, to, to be playing on the same stage as another uh, Uriah Heap, you know, I used to go and see when, you yeah. know, 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> showing their age on yours. So showing age. And uh, used to, yeah, go and see these bands yeah. live in there when they were young, you know, and being in the next dressing room to them, you know, with uh, there's little thrifty, you know, and the local bands as well. You're great, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to be in the same the kudos is is immense you know i'll be honest it's yep. it's very and also it helps you on the world stage you know we're not we're not going to be rich and famous or nothing but there are other festivals we want to do as a band i'm working on at the moment in the uk yep. if because we've got this behind us it, it says a lot about the band yeah it does you know i mean and 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 so therefore it's a good it's a good way to get into other other things as well like mm-hmm. we play in marbella Yep, we which played we'll there. To. We've headlined. We played with Finbar Fury down there. Yep. We did, and you know, uh, a fantastic show down there. Yep. You know, the weather stayed off, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, we do St. Patrick's down there as well. So we can do different niche markets yep. as well. 
And what was it like to play with someone as legendary as Um, it, At the time, uh, we were going to be playing with it, but as it didn't come about because of the timings and things. And um, But well, I've, I've met him, and, you know, and he did invite me to his house in, in Dublin. And, you know, the guy, he, he's a legend. You know, in Ireland, yeah. he's a legend. So to be able to play again on the same stage as Finbar, and uh, there's a great guy called Confix Patrick who played with him. Yep. And he's a great friend of ours as well, who is really pushing music in that area. And uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it makes all that it makes all the work of playing to no one in a bar yeah. worth it. Because <laughs> yep. we've all done it, you know. We've, we've played great ones, big ones, little ones, and empty ones. You yep. know? <laughs> but the overall experience the is always overall, great. It, it, it's, you've got to get the, the, the road time under your belt. You yep. know? You need to go through the negatives before you get to the positives, That's I suppose. That's it, yeah. But so, like everything else, but we could we couldn't be happier to, pretty much like we always say it all the time, but to support local music, to support bands like Thrifty Malone and any other local band, because at the end of it, it's like this like this particular interview could be anything. You just never know who's listening, and obviously people no. are very receptive to our podcast, and people just enjoy it. You know, um, I mean, going back to something you said earlier on, uh, the the jam session at the Lord Nelson. Uh, I mean, Andy and John Anter have yeah. been uh, great supporters of live music in Gibraltar. Yeah, we couldn't be Fant grateful. Fantastic supporters. And the John's been going now for, like I say, so many years. Well, ever since the, uh, the Lord Nelson opened. And, I mean, the, it, it still gets, uh, just for instance, last night, we had about eight, nine different musicians playing there. You know, different, yep. uh, different sets from everything from Jesse... You know, um, uh, Stevie B's and everyone else. Yeah. You know, obviously, me and Stan and yeah. all the rest of us. But it, you know, it is a great and and that's something that young musicians. We we have had a lot of young musicians go through yeah. over the years, but it's always there for them to come in. The gear's there. Yeah, they haven't got to worry. Plug, plug in, go. <laughs> and everything's there for them. You know, which is fantastic. And we we, we can't really go on it without saying it. I mean, you mentioned them right there, but. Mark and John Hunter, who are sponsors of the GLMS, we couldn't be prouder to have them as our sponsors. You know, they've supported yeah. us from day one and everything that we do, and we couldn't be more grateful to them as well. Yeah. And obviously, it, it shows you how much they enjoy the music, and it's not even about enjoying the music, it's about believing in the local music scene in general. I remember, yeah. when, you know, on a personal note, we did the 100 Club gig in, in November 2017, and obviously, we were there just minding our own business. Obviously, I was hosting the event as well, and all of a sudden, I see Andy there in the, in the crowd, and it was like, you know, that's it. You know, there is no better feeling no, than I mean, that. No, I mean, uh, uh, you know, Andy was up, at, I think he's a GMF as well. And I mean, yeah, he's been a fantastic supporter of live music, you yep. know. And, um, and we're down the same as Alan and the Man, uh, the rock yep. and rock. So you've got the two different angles. I mean, when O'Reilly's, uh, all the bands who played there, all the local bands okay. everywhere. There's a lot of great supporters, uh, establishments in Absolutely, Gibraltar. Absolutely, I agree. And we people don't seem to realize how much support that local music gets from local establishments no, like you no, said. No, without it, I mean, there's nowhere to play, yep. you know? And it's the best. So that's why, you know, everyone should support their local music, you know? Yep. Support local music in order to keep local music alive, is what that's we say. It. Music that's it. And keep music alive, yeah. Yep, absolutely. So Zuni, we're going to play Mock on the Sticky Boy, we're going to play the Thrifty Malone's in six, in track Six Hours Down the Road, but before that, we want to thank you for your time. Okay, it's been an absolute pleasure to finally interview you and actually get to know you a little That's bit more. <laughs> and obviously talk about music in general. And it's always great to talk music with a fellow music aficionado. <laughs> and it's always great to talk music in general, I just say. 
So thank you for your time. Obviously, Thirsty Miller will okay. be playing tonight at the Lordies. Uh, no, uh, at the Lordies, no, at the Misfit Avenue, is my uh, mistake. It's a uh, Friday night Misfit Avenue. Yep. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow. Saturday afternoon for, or Saturday morning for the Cats uh, charity in Gibraltar, the Piazza. Yep. And then on um, Saturday night, Savonius for a beer festival. The yeah. fun never stops. The fun never, <laughs> the fun never stops. Our yeah. status quo once said the party ain't over yet. So let's just leave it at that. Okay. So thank you, Zuni, for your time. Thank you guys for listening. Obviously, the show is sponsored by Coca-Cola, and we can thank our great friends at Secundian Speed for those kind of sponsorship. And we'll be back in two weeks, and I hope you enjoyed the show. And like we always say, support local music and keep local music alive. Thanks for listening, and take care, guys. Thank you.
Six hours down the road.